Hi friends, you're listening to How to Go Vegan Podcast. My name's Trish Roberts. I'd like to talk about rights and about sentience, why it matters, and how it is important in relation to our recognizing non-human animals as moral persons. And when I say moral persons, I simply mean animals are not viewed as a thing. So we need to consider sentience and why animals deserve at least one basic right not to be used as a thing. Because at this time and throughout human history, we have ignored animals' obvious sentience and used them as resources. In Henry Shue's work, Basic Rights, published in 1980, Shue states that the most important basic right is the, quote, basic right to physical security, a right that is basic not to be subjected to murder, torture, mayhem, rape or assault, end quote. Indulge me a little while I read another quote and I'll attempt to clarify it. Shu states, quote, The protection of a basic right may not be sacrificed in order to secure the enjoyment of a non-basic right, end quote, because a basic right, quote, cannot be sacrificed successfully if the right sacrificed is indeed basic, then no right for which it might be sacrificed can actually be enjoyed in the absence of the basic right, the sacrifice would have proven self-defeating, end quote. So what does that mean? I think it means that if we as humans are not able to feel secure and we can be raped, tortured, murdered, at the whim of any individual or group, then anyone being concerned with our having any other right seems somewhat pointless while our basic rights are not protected. If we don't have this very basic right to feel secure and safe from harm and murder, then nothing else really matters. That basic right needs to be protected and respected. There are ethnic groups in the world who don't really have this basic right recognized. Palestinians are one such group. Due to extreme racism promoted by authorities in Israel over many decades, Palestinians are victims of an ongoing and slow genocide. They and their children are literally shot in the streets, burnt alive in their homes, simply because they are Palestinian and most of the world does not seem to know about it or what we know is propaganda fed to us by the mainstream media and we do not look further. Some of us know and we do not seem to care. Palestinian children are baited by Israeli soldiers and when they react and throw stones, they are shot dead. This is normal in apartheid Israel. Palestinians are referred to as animals and the ethnic cleansing continues. No one is really held accountable for the ongoing ethnic cleansing of Palestinians or when they are, they are simply given a slap on the wrist. Why do I mention this? Because this is an example of humans not having their basic right to their security recognized. They are murdered in the streets, have their cities bombed regularly, are terrorized, starved, have their children starved. They are prevented from having basic access to or are intentionally deprived of heating in winter. 
Palestinians are refused medicines or refused access to medical treatment, deprived of basic necessities like water, nutritious food. They are unable to build their home after being bombed repeatedly. They cannot feel safe in their home or outside their home. They are victims of an ongoing ethnic cleansing. This is a very real example of not having the basic right to security recognized. It's a violation of basic human rights agreed upon through the UN Declaration of Human Rights, as well as hundreds of UN resolutions about Palestine. But for non-human animals, they not only do not have the basic right to security, they do not have the basic right not to be used as a resource, as property, as things. The only reason being that they are another species. And because they are another species, we have chosen to completely ignore their sentience, their self-awareness and interest in continuing life, so that we can use them as resources. We do this because they are not like us, because we consider them other. We excuse our use of them due to an irrelevant characteristic species, and we do so for no better reason than because we can, and because we have been taught to do so. If you and I were considered property of someone else, and they were part of a larger, powerful group that also considered you and I property based on our race, then that would mean we would have no negotiating power at all. If we are someone's property, and this is endorsed by society, then our owner can do with us whatever they wish. This was how it was for Africans during the transatlantic slave trade and for many other races in human history. The Romans had slaves, the Mayans had slaves, indigenous tribes throughout human history would make slaves of those they conquered. As a species backed by patriarchal society, it has been our modus operandi to otherize vulnerable groups throughout history, and we have objectified them and made them targets of violence. Now, in relation to the example of the Palestinians not having a basic right to security and the many human rights campaigns which focus on ending the apartheid situation in Israel, like the BDS campaign, we might argue, well, isn't this a single-issue campaign? And why wouldn't various single-issue campaigns focusing on different forms of animal exploitation work in the same way? The difference between human rights campaigns and non-human rights campaigns is that in law, humans are not considered legally property. There's a generally accepted position in the world that human slavery is morally odious. Of course, slavery exists in the world and there are still human groups who are being used like property in the world today, but it is generally agreed upon that humans are sentient beings. They are moral persons who have an interest in continuing life. They have the right to basic security, not to be murdered, raped, assaulted and so forth, and who have a right not to be used as a thing. And just because the fact that slavery exists despite its being widely considered morally repugnant, this does not mean we should compromise and start promoting humane slavery 
or promoting the idea that some slavery is worse than another, or that one group of humans is more important than another group. If we think human slavery is wrong, then it's all wrong, and we must reject it all. It is unfortunate that some of us do not apply the same moral principles and consistency when dealing with the issue of animal exploitation. Non-human animals, however, do not have this basic right because globally, non-human animals, in law and in practice, are viewed as property. And while they are viewed as property and do not have the basic right not to be murdered, bred, held captive, used for labor or resources, and so forth, then it will not matter how many bans and boycotts are in place, they can be lifted at any time. Why? Because, while animals are property, our interests will always win over their interests. Their interests are considered no more relevant than the interests of a chair. Allow me to give an example. Whales are one species which the West fetishizes. About a year or so ago, the Japanese whaling fleets have been instructed by the High Court to cease whaling in the Southern Oceans. Have the Japanese stopped whaling? They have stated they will not stop killing whales. So despite a court ban, they have no intention of doing so. Why? Because while whales may be fetishized by much of the world, whales are viewed as food by some people in Japan. Whales are animals. They are animals some people in the West see as special, but for the Japanese, they see them exactly as we see tuna or cows. Is Japan using whales for food morally worse than the West using pigs, chickens, cows, goats, etc. for food? No, it is not, because whales do not have greater or lesser moral value than other animals, including ourselves. We are all sentient and therefore have equal moral value. But we continue to see those who claim to be vegan endorsing and donating to an environmental organization Sea Shepherd, an organization which rejects veganism as the moral baseline, despite the fact that they have outright stated they are not a vegan organization and that they believe that whales morally matter more and suffer more than fish, chickens, cows, pigs, etc. So opposition to whaling is an example of one of the many confused and pointless species as single issue campaigns which some who claim to be vegan support. Can you imagine if the organizers of the Black Lives Matter movement stated that they did not care about other racial groups that were being vilified and murdered due to their race? For example, if they excluded Palestinians simply because Palestinians were not the particular group that their particular organization focused on. Or if they stated that African Americans were morally more important than Palestinians. And let's remember that humans are not property like animals, so single-issue human rights campaigns for different groups make sense. Happily, it turns out that the Black Lives Matter movement recognizes the Palestinian struggle. 
But this example demonstrates how inconsistent it would be for a civil rights group to ignore the oppression of other racial groups simply because they are of a different race. Yet many who claim they are vegan do exactly that. They select certain species as the ones the public should pay attention to and implicitly state that those species are more important than other species. The choice of animals to, quote, save, end quote, is often low-hanging fruit as well since most people do not eat whales or badgers. By not promoting veganism and instead promoting single-issue campaigns in which we fetishize certain species, we promote speciesism to the non-vegan public by implicitly or explicitly stating one form of animal use is worse than another. Quote, dolphin safe tuna, end quote, is a classic example where one species is fetishized while the killing of another is promoted. So back to sentient beings, property status and rights. A sentient being who is viewed as property or as a, quote, natural resource, end quote, cannot have rights. Even in the time of legal human slavery in the U.S., when there were welfare laws made to make human slavery more humane, these, quote, humane, end quote, laws were not only pathetic and cruel, but they were not really enforceable, and they were always circumvented and thwarted because human slaves were seen as property and they had no real rights. So the, quote, owners, end quote, could really continue to do with their slaves whatever they wished, including murdering them, because their interest always trumped the interest of their property. And by the way, any of us who thinks that we shouldn't compare human slavery and non-human slavery because that somehow demeans human slavery are simply being speciesist. The notion that people can be property is abhorrent. The idea that non-human animals can be property is widely accepted and yet equally abhorrent, and it is used to justify our right to do whatever we choose to them. We morally discount them. This is exactly the same situation we see as with the horror of human slavery. Racism, sexism and other forms of discrimination parallel speciesism in sharing the way we otherize. But only slavery captures the way we discount the moral personhood and treat others as things, as property. You might say, but human slaves are human and you're talking about animals. And this is where speciesism interferes with our rational and clear thinking. Slavery is horrible precisely because slaves are dehumanized and, quote, treated like animals, end quote. What does that say about how we treat and see animals? We think that because animals are another species, that they are not as morally important as we are. We have been led to believe that we own the earth and all that is on it. Prior to becoming vegan, we are human supremacists, whether we realize it or not. We think that because animals don't think the way we do, don't act the way we do, don't communicate the way we do, do not have the technological bent we have, 
are not, quote, human-like, end quote, are not capable of conceptual thought or experience life the way we do, that they are lesser. We think that because they don't have the same cognitive abilities as us, that they are inferior. But in truth, they do not need any of those human-like qualities to deserve the moral right not to be used as our resource. Let's think about this. I cannot fly. I cannot live underwater. I can't see or sense nearly as well as other animals. I can't do all the amazing things that other animals can naturally do. Does that make me lesser? I don't know what the sweet cat who shares my house thinks of me stumbling around in the dark at night, but just because I can't see in the dark as well as the felines who share my home, it doesn't make me inferior as a being. It just makes me different or differently able, one might even say. Why do we not apply this same rationale to non-human animals? There are many humans who have been brain-injured and cannot communicate at all. They are conscious but are trapped in their bodies and do not have the cognitive abilities that most of us have. Would we kill them without it being considered murder because they no longer have the abilities that most of us have? Does that make them morally lesser or discountable? Does that mean because they do not have the abilities we have, that means that we can exploit them or use them in whatever manner we wish? We used to experiment on disabled individuals in the beginning of the 20th century, but we now believe that was wrong. I'm sure there were many who thought that was wrong at the time, but they excused it because they believed people with mental illness did not have the same cognitive abilities as most of us had, and that meant they were lesser. We shouldn't just limit this logic to those who belong to our species. I'm making the comparison here that it does not matter whether a sentient being is human or non-human, is like us or fits the norm, whatever that may be. They don't have to have the same cognitive abilities as us to deserve the very basic right not to be exploited and not to be used as a resource. As Professor Gary L. Francione, a professor of law and animal rights theory at Rutgers University, argues, as long as animals are subjects of experience and perception and can feel pain, as long as they are sentient and can feel pain, we have a moral obligation not to use that animal as a resource or to kill that animal for humans. All that matters is their sentience. So we have to start from the base point that all that matters is sentience. And also that until animals are not by law considered property, we will not see any lasting and meaningful change for them. And in this regard, it does not matter whether we see them as, quote, private property, end quote, or as part of the, quote, commons, end quote, a jointly held resource that is ours to exploit. So how do we recognize the sentience of animals? Well, I think if we are paying the slightest attention to animals at all, and we have an open mind, we can plainly see that they are sentient. So if they are sentient, then what can we do to abolish their property status? 
Once we acknowledge that animals morally matter because they are sentient, just like the dog who shares our home with us, and just like us, then hopefully we will have a change in our attitude. And what we need to do then is to stop eating, wearing and using them. In other words, become vegan, and then we need to educate others to become vegan. That's what creates social change. Education. Public education is the only way any meaningful and lasting change will happen for animals. Public vegan education is the way we bring about lasting and meaningful social change. Of course, racism, sexism, heterosexism still exists, but public education has raised the consciousness of society that exploiting people and targeting people because of their race or gender or sexual orientation and so forth is morally wrong. So although these forms of discrimination still exist, it's generally accepted by most people that it's wrong to target groups due to their race or gender or sexual orientation or gender identity. And this is how we must approach animal exploitation and the speciesism which drives it. We must be clear that it is morally wrong to target and use non-human sentient beings as resources simply because they are another species and not like us in appearance and so forth. We don't say it's wrong but then promote nice ways of exploiting them. If it's wrong, then it's all wrong. Non-human animals are sentient beings, just like we humans are sentient beings, and that's all that matters. They have an interest in not being used as a thing. They love their life, they have self-awareness, likes and dislikes, they love their young, they relate to the world and to others, and they do not want to die. So we need to recognize their obvious sentience and their basic right not to be used as a thing. In other words, we need to recognize them for the moral persons they are. And if I may, I will just say a little more about the problems with single-issue campaigns and why they are pointless and in many ways reinforce speciesism. Single-issue campaigns, by their very nature, say to the public, either implicitly or explicitly, that one form of animal exploitation is worse than another, as with the difference between, quote, cage-free eggs, end quote, and barn-laid eggs. This promotes the idea there are, quote, acceptable, end quote, forms of exploitation. Elimination campaigns like banning badger-culling or banning whaling seem to avoid this, but they promote the idea that one animal species is more important than another as with dolphins and tuna. We need to recognize that there is no hierarchy of suffering and there's no hierarchy of species. If we agree that animals morally matter, then we should not cherry-pick. If all species are equally morally important, then trying to end exploitation of one species and not others makes no sense. If imposing suffering on them is wrong, then it doesn't matter what kind of suffering is inflicted on them or how little suffering is inflicted or how much is inflicted on them. If we believe 
they matter, then any use of them, any exploitation of them, is cruel and morally unjustifiable. If using animals for food, clothing, entertainment, labor, hunting, etc. is unnecessary, which it is because we do not need to use animal products at all to survive and live, nor do we need to use animals for other purposes, then the only reason we are using them is out of habit, convenience, pleasure and tradition. It has to end. When legal slavery was in existence, the economies of whole towns centered around slaves. But those towns survived when legal slavery ended. We only think we need to use animals because we have been indoctrinated to believe they are ours to do with as we wish, and we have been taught that animals don't mind that we use them or that we kill them. We are taught they only care how we use them. And that's speciesism. Just as it is learned, it can be unlearned. When we become vegan, the education doesn't end there. We unlearn a lifetime's worth of speciesism. But if we buy into the idea that some species are more important than other species, and that some forms of animal exploitation like fur or badger killing or whale killing and so forth are more important than the one trillion non-humans, aquatic and land, who are tortured and murdered each year mostly for food, then we are completely on the wrong track. So I'll wrap it up here, and just to be clear, I'm sure others could give a more detailed presentation of these issues. Each one of them in their own right could deserve greater attention, and I may do some more detailed episodes in the future. But for now, this is a very simple presentation. I'm not an academic, and by no means an expert. These episodes are meant to be simple, personalized, and informal presentations about veganism for those of you who are interested in becoming vegan or who are new to veganism. I hope so far you have found it somewhat beneficial, and I urge you to do more reading and you will find some excellent literature in the recommended reading section of this site. And please check out or join some of the sites I have linked to on this page. And a quick note, please read my disclaimer about external sites. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Bye for now. Thank you.